This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid. We're very lucky because babybrunch.co.za got hold of a doula. Now, Nicolette, I almost forgot about you because in your pregnancy journey, there's some things you remember, there's some things you want to forget, and then there's other things that you just forget. And you were the first person that I interviewed as my doula. And then subsequently, my baby was born by cesarean. And then I had another one. By the way, she was 34 weeks prim. She's fine. She's doing great. She's four years old now. And it's just wonderful to see you again. So, Baby Brunch, please welcome Nicolette Haddon. Yay! Thanks for having me. Anytime. Childbirth, doulas, <laughs> midwives. Oh, it, it, there's a lot of confusion. And so the first qu- question that I want to ask is, what, what is a doula? Um, a doula? Sure. It's such a big question that a doula is a person that walks the journey of pregnancy, labor, and birth with a couple um, and is there to support them. So not from a medical perspective. I'm not obstetric trained, um, but I'm a trained companion and I'm there to support the parents in the journey. Now, I love the word support. And I also love the fact that you brought in the fact that you support partners and not just a mum who's having the baby or even the surrogate who is having the baby, but that there's partners involved in this exercise. So as this, the person that is, is, is um, trained in relationships almost to, to journey with mum and with, with dad and partners, do you have to be trained? If, if I'm looking for a doula, do I look for some kind of qualification or degree? Do you have to study to be a doula? Um, you do have to study. You, um, there are a couple of different training schools in South Africa. I trained under an organization called WOMS, which stands for Women Offering Mothers Birth Support. Um, they are online. They, they do have a website. And, um, yeah, it, it was a shortish course. We did six weekends, and then we wrote an exam. And whenever people ask me about my training, I always say to them, it's so much more about the births that I've been at. Because, honestly, I learned something new, something interesting something scary, something fun at every single birth that I'm at. I love, I love birth stories. You know, they, they, it was, it was Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres said, if it's your birthday, then you should ask your mom, mom, how was I born? And your mother is supposed to tell you from the beginning to end, whether there was long labor, short labor, how you were born. And so birth stories are very exciting to me. When, when you think of your own births and even being a doula and assisting and supporting What's, what's the thing that, that mommies and partners are scared of the most? I mean, I have my own. I remember interviewing you the first time. I asked you collect questions that didn't even exist, okay? Like I was, but what do you think we fear? Why is there, why is there fear when it comes to doula, midwife, or even giving birth? Ilana, um, the fear for me would be from the unknown. The unknown is always scary. And until you've had a baby, um, you don't really know what you're in for. And um, well, even once you've had a baby, your next baby, it's again the unknown. And then there's the fear of whether it's going to be the same as your previous birth or whether it's not going to be the same as your previous birth. Um, but, you know, there's a couple of things you can do when you're scared. And one of them is to surround yourself with people that can 
um, support you. And, and that is where having a doula comes in. What would you say are the reasons that a pregnant mommy would request a doula? So now you have decided you want a baby. We do many chats and conversations and podcasts around planning the baby and planning the family and how much fun it can be. And that being with partner or with husband doesn't have to be, you know, it can, can be a lot of fun planning this baby. When, at what point do we say, okay, we need a doula. We need someone to assist this birth. Sure. Uh, many different, many different reasons, many different stages. I think some people um, sit through their antenatal classes and <laughs> antenatal classes will do one of two things to you. They will either make you feel like you've got it and you can do it by yourself or they're going to make you feel like you do need the support. So that's definitely one of the times. Um, and then I get a lot of moms who didn't use a doula first time around and realized how much time they actually spend alone in the birth room and how dads, they don't really know what to do. I think men are fantastic at birth, but it's a different um, hormone. So, so birth is governed by oxytocin and men are ruled by testosterone. And testosterone is a doing hormone. Men want to problem solve and they want to um, find solutions to the problems. Whereas oxytocin is a hormone that just wants somebody to sit with it and hold it and support it and comfort it. And um, dads are great if somebody can guide them to do that. But until that point, they don't know. So often during that first birth, the couple is left alone in the room because the nurse is with the, the couple in the next room. The gynae mm. or the obstetrician is really only there right at the end. Um, so having a doula is a continuous support and it's continuous support from somebody that you know, somebody that you've already got a relationship with, somebody that you already trust, somebody that you know is on your, on your page. In hindsight, I would describe the doula as the mom or the mother-in-law that you really want when you are pushing or when you're having your cesarean even, because in that time, Mom and mother-in-law are very excited and frantic. And you think that they would be the calm ones helping you through this and giving support. Instead, they are as scared and nervous as you. And the doula is the calm one who could probably assist with cesarean and birth and be the best friend that you don't mind pushing in front of. I say this because in one of our podcasts, we talked about it. You know, when do you keep your gynae? When do you say, maybe this isn't the gynae for me? And one of the conversations that came up was, you know, you are bearing yourself in front of this person. So it needs to be someone that you feel so comfortable with that it's more than just naked. You know, yes. it's, it's yes. you, are, you are showing yourself to, to this person. How do, you, how do you know that the relationship that you have with a doula or the person that you've chosen for support is the right person? What if you don't get along? What if you think, oh, my word, she's never going to help me or she can't assist or you don't think she can? So when a couple approaches me, I always um, suggest a meeting. Um, Pre-COVID, it was always face-to-face. -face. With COVID, we often do meet over Zoom for our initial interview. And it's, it's actually just a sit down and a chat like you and I had. And I say to people that the chemistry between you and your doula is terribly important. It really, it's the most important thing. And if you don't feel that chemistry, then you should carry on looking for another doula. And I would rather not support a mom where the chemistry isn't right. And I would suggest other doulas to her right. because sometimes you do, you know, it's such a varied role. Sometimes I'm the big sister. Sometimes I'm the mother. Sometimes I'm the friend. 
And sometimes you just feel that there is somebody else out there who could support that person better. Mm. What would the role of the doula be before the birth? So we've decided and Nikki, it's you, you're the doula. So (laughs) what would you do before, before birth? What's your role? Um, I do one visit, um, usually in the couple space, so that I can get to know them a little bit better. We look at what they are expecting from the birth, and then I put that into context in terms of their obstetrician, their hospital, or their midwife, um, and, and we look at what's realistic and what's not realistic. Um, we get on the same page about the birth, when they'll call me, um, how to get hold of me, that sort of thing. And... Um, yeah, it's really just to, to so that when I walk into the laboring the labor room where the, when the mom is in labor, I'm not a stranger. The dad mm. knows me and the and the mom knows me. And and like you say, she's bearing herself to me. So we need to have a certain level of um, relationship by then. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollients moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with EpiMax. As a mommy who had a C-section, there's a part of me that wished that I followed through the process of, of having a doula. Because there is that moment where even though you and your husband think you want to have this intimate space and you want to be alone, you do need someone that's more knowledgeable. For instance, I'll tell you some of the examples. I recently only learned that even if you have a C-section, you're allowed to hold baby skin to skin after you've given birth. Now, that's one of the things that if you're a gynecologist or if life is rushed or uh, if you don't know, you don't ask for it, right? So having a doula there, it would have been probably one of the things that could have helped or the doula could have asked or assisted or even suggested. Um, and that's one of the things that that we we could have discussed. Do you have that in your experience? I mean, do you have a lot of uh, moms with C-sections opting for a doula or do you think a doula is more for someone with a natural birth if you if you have that or it's your your ideal wish as part of your birth plan um Ilana (laughs) 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 you've asked such a, a relevant question because the reason why I became a doula was because I had a cesarean birth Mm. and um I I was very lonely in my cesarean birth because the hospital that I had my Caesar at takes the dad and the baby away to the nursery within a couple of minutes of the baby being born. And I remember lying there thinking this is supposed to be the most amazing moment of my life. And I've got the worst separation anxiety Mm. and everybody in the room is just carrying on as though it's another day, which it is for them. Um, So when I am at cesarean births it is like a coming full circle for me Mm. and um, yes keeping your baby with you skin to skin sometimes even initiating breastfeeding in theater which helps oh wow I wish Um, yeah so unfortunately not all hospitals do allow us into theater Um, Mm. some of the more forward-thinking ones do some of the others are still sticking to an older policy which we are trying to get them to shift Um, But there's definitely a place for a doula at a cesarean birth. And even in the hospitals that don't allow us in, if you've been laboring naturally and slowly over time, it's become apparent that you need to have a Caesar. um, There's a lot of preparation and easing the mom into the the operation. So the anesthetist and the obstetrician don't have time to be sitting 
talking you through it. And there's certain things that take the parents totally by surprise, like how quickly your baby gets born and that dad's allowed to take photos if he wants to. And mm. in fact, the anesthetist or the pediatrician will take photos for you. And just little things like that. Um, not letting the dad put uh, wear anything underneath his theater scrub so that he can do skin to skin if they do take him off to the nursery. All those little bits and pieces that we learn over time um, that I can share with the parents, which you wouldn't know. I mean, how are you meant to know that? And I think those details get lost in the hospital because mm -hmm. it is so everyday for them. It is their routine and they just, everybody just fits in and that fitting in you if you don't have the knowledge you don't know what questions to ask and I also like the way you use the word suggestions because mm. I can't tell a mom what to do I don't know what's going on in her body the only person that does know is that mom but I can make suggestions from the point of having been at many births so I can suggest that they question something or I can suggest that they ask for a little bit more time or I can suggest that the dad doesn't wear his shirt underneath his theater scrubs. So, yeah, suggest is a beautiful word when it comes to being a doula. I can't tell anyone anything, <laughs> but I can make suggestions. Do you think having so many births after your own baby that it feels like it's your baby every single time? I mean, I see a mom breastfeeding a baby and I think, oh, how beautiful. It's me. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in love with, with motherhood and, mm. and we all feel differently about it. And that's wonderful too. Mm. But what is being a doula, what, is, what has it done for you on a personal level? Because you help a so, lot of people. So I became a doula so that I could have a better second birth. And I've never had another baby, <laughs> but I do feel like I've had about 400 of them. <laughs> I'm in pretty good shape for someone who's had 400 babies. I think so too. <laughs> um, but really, it is such a close connection that you develop with that mom and that dad. And there's something so special about, I join them at the hospital when there's two of them. And I leave the hospital when there's three of them. And it's a joyous occasion and it's exciting and there's hormones flying around and it's a sense of relief and I get goosebumps just thinking about it. So it's definitely done something for me. Um, my cesarean resulted in me being a doula and being mm. a doula, I'm an, I train as an occupational therapist. I've got a five-year degree with a double major and I never found my niche. I never found that place in occupational therapy that was working for me. And I leave every single birth with a big grin on my face. Even if I've been there for 20 hours and I'm exhausted and I haven't slept and I'm hungry, I still have a grin on my face because I've, I've been there for a baby being born. And I'm holding that space for the mom to have her baby and to feel safe and secure and to have a good memory of having her baby. It just, it does it for me. It's my passion, definitely. What is the role of the doula after baby's born? I mean, you just talked about it, hormones flying around, you're leaving the hospital as three. Mm. Is that more for the midwife or now you're moving over to the breastfeeding uh, clinic or what is the doula's room? When do you decide to send us on our merry way and just say good luck with life and you're going to be a great parent, <laughs> you're going to be just fine. When, when is your last meeting with mom, dad and partner? I do a postnatal visit um, it, within the first week or two after a birth. And sometimes it's just like the interview. I sit and I have a cup of tea and I marvel at how these people have just 
ease themselves into parenthood and how they're taking the lack of sleep in their stride. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I need to do a little bit of trauma counseling and tell them that everything's going to be fine and that yeah. it's a stage and the baby won't feed this much for forever and um, remind them that they don't use sleep deprivation as a form of torture for nothing. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very big role that you are thrown into. But postnatally, I'm very keen on um, referring on to people who specialize in postnatal care. So your lactation consultants, I can help establish the initial breastfeed and I can, I can see if someone is being is breastfeeding well and successfully or not. But as soon as there's a problem, I would rather then refer on to a lactation consultant who actually does that for a living and is much more likely to notice an incorrect latch or something like that. And then you also get postpartum doulas um, and, and they would then carry on with the, the care. But you say, when do I send people on their merry way? I get photos of 10-year-old children <laughs> nine-year-old children and the mom says look how big our baby is mm. and you know it, it is it's it's an intense relationship I remember in my first couple of years I used to get invited to every single birthday party, birthday party. <laughs> and eventually I just I said I cannot go to any <laughs> Because there was a stage when I was doing 50 births a year and I worked it out and I was like, that's one birthday party <laughs> per weekend <laughs> for, for the whole year. For the whole and year. Then, and then they might want me to come to the second birthday party as well and then we start running into trouble. You're so going to be very busy. Yeah. I will say happy birthday, but I won't come to your birthday parties. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a relationship that just cuts off. And interestingly, some people do. They see you at the postnatal visit and they say, thank you so much. And we've paid you the rest of your money, which is the last thing on my mind at that point. Mm -hmm. and, and they say goodbye. And I never hear from them again. And then others who ask me back for subsequent births, I mean, that's the most special thing because that's when you, that's mm. the real affirmation that you've done something correctly. I've been to a fourth birth. I, I've had one client that has used me for four babies. Wow. And it is such an honor. Um, because like I said, obviously the chemistry was correct and your approach for that couple was correct. Let's talk support for partner. Do you, uh -huh. do you take dad or partner through the steps of what needs to happen or what might happen? Is it as formal as an antenatal class or is it done in the home? Uh, is, it, is it a read this book? How do you how do you normally approach it, or what can you expect from from any doula? Um, would you refer people to online reading and websites? What's the best approach, really? Um, the post the sorry the prenatal meeting that I do is generally quite a short meeting. Um, no, it's not. It's up to an hour and a half. But there's so much that we need to do. Mm. And and what I noticed in that prenatal meeting over and over again was I had so much more to say. I had so much mm. more to tell the dads and so much more to tell the moms. And that's where my um, antenatal workshop actually um, originated. So I've now put together a four-hour workshop um, called Birth Room Basics. And I, I encourage my clients um, that I'm going to be doing for I encourage them to go to that workshop because that's an extra four hours that we're spending either together or together on Zoom for mm -hmm. them to get to know me. Um, obviously, during COVID, when doulas weren't allowed into the hospitals at all, I did a lot of dad education. I nice. was 
training dads to be a doula. So as opposed to guiding them through it, I was actually trying to impart my knowledge, which was so difficult, but um, so rewarding too. Mm. So, um, yeah, so much that I can say in that initial meeting. And I just decided to put it all into a workshop and, and offer that as well. And um, I love I love teaching that workshop because moms often don't know, in, and dads especially, they don't know what birth looks like. Mm. How does it start? How does it progress? Um, how do you know when to go to the hospital? The mm. moms always say to me, well, I know that I'm in labor, little things like that. And it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see these gaps that you can fill just by taking the time to actually talk about birth, talk about labor and birth. Um, yeah, so, yeah, lots and lots of education. Would you be able to, as a doula, physically teach mom how to push, when to breathe? Is that something that the doula does or is that more a job for antenatal class or even the midwife? In an ideal world, nobody would be, would be telling a mom how to push or how to breathe. We'd be letting her do it by herself. Um, our bodies know what to do and our babies know what to do and they know how to work together. So in an ideal setting, we would just let the mom do it. Um, obviously, in the hospital setting, it has become a little bit more medicalized. And I, I'm careful to work alongside the medical team and not to take over their role or to, to step in where they feel I don't belong. So sometimes they'll actually ask me to, to help the mom with her breathing or with her pushing. And sometimes I get the distinct feeling that I just need to step back and let them do it how they always do. And interestingly enough, the second time moms who come back to me, often their biggest request is that they can push in a different way and not be coached, right. um, which, which shows you that they realize that what they were doing wasn't instinctive. It wasn't what their body was telling them to do. But they are a bit dear in the headlights in that moment and often exhausted. So, mm. um, yeah, we, we get the baby out the way the, the doctors want us to. When I see the word doula, I see no epidurals, breathe mm -hmm. through the pain, mm -mm. natural and suffer. <laughs> and, and so I think this is a wonderful time to... And I giggle at it because sometimes we make light of things that we are scared of and that we are unsure of. And whoever's listening to this podcast, just know that we, we've got your back so much, so much that we found one of the best doulas to actually help us talk through this. But there's probably a lot of mis misconceptions. What, what is the biggest myth that we can just put to bed right now? If there's, if there's one thing that keeps coming up in the initial meetings or even in the workshops and mom or dad says, but I thought a doula was supposed to, what would that be? That would be that I am not categorically against epidurals or, or medical pain relief. Um, I think they definitely have their place. I imagine myself with this big, this imaginary bag of tips and tricks and positions and massage and um, affirmations and we work our way slowly through all of those and if we've reached the end of my resources then we can start investigating the medical pain relief and um, yeah I'm not against epidural sometimes I leave an epidural birth 
And I think, wow, if all epidural births were like that, I would be singing from the <laughs> hilltops that everyone should have an epidural. <laughs> because I'm, I'm very intent on a mom looking back on her birth and having enjoyed at least part of it. Um, so if she's been really struggling, if she has a, a baby that's not in an optimal position and for that mm. reason she's in a lot more discomfort than what she should be and we keep her going, we keep her going and eventually she says, I've had it, I'm too tired and we do, let, we do or she does have an epidural, then a couple of minutes or, or you know, half an hour later she's sitting there and she's got a smile on her face and she can actually remember that as her birth as opposed to the struggle mm -hmm. so yeah I think that's the biggest myth and then the other big myth is that I do not take the role of the dad I'm not there to take over from the dad I'm there mm -hmm. to include the dad and often the dads turn around after the births and say to me I wouldn't have known what to do if you weren't there yeah. to help as opposed to me taking over their role. I, I truly believe that births should be about a mom and a dad bringing a baby into the world. And if I can just hold the space for that to happen, then I'm doing my job absolutely perfectly. Um, and then sometimes I just need to step in a little bit as well. <laughs> There's a mom that is listening to this podcast and she's saying, wow, this has really taken away my anxiety and fear and I feel calm and I can rely on a doula and a best friend. And what would your message be to them as someone that has seen many babies' first cries and many cutting of umbilical cords and counting many ten fingers? Babies are so special. They are so special, so special. What, what would your words of encouragement and reassurance be to mom with big belly and swollen ankles, hot in summer, <laughs> my advice would be it's a very special occasion and it's most special to you no matter how involved and amazing your obstetrician is or the nurse that's on shift it they still have more births that week that month that year you don't you have this one maybe this one of two maybe one of three but you need to the word you need to champion your birth and you need to make it happen how you want to make it happen it's about you it's the one time in your life when we want you to be a princess and we commend you for it as opposed to not wanting to, you to be that way um so for me it's about looking at at that fear there is so much anxiety around birthing um and you need to unpack that fear and figure out where it actually comes from and the number one thing that I can say is that it comes from other people's stories. And we forget that that's another person's story. It's, a, it's not your story. And because it happened to that other person, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen to you. So you should approach your birth as a completely fresh, like a canvas that you get to paint. Um, it's not somebody else's story that you're completing or jumping into. Nicolette Haddon, you are amazing and we appreciate your time and may all the babies that you catch for the rest of your life be healthy and happy, happy babies. Nicolette, <laughs> Nicolette is a childbirth doula and they do childbirth doula and birthroom basics workshops. You have to find them. Where can we find you? What's your website? 
Um, Ilana, I don't have a website. Um, I do have a Birth Room Basics Facebook page, which is literally just Birth Room Basics. And obviously, you can get hold of me through that. That's my workshop where we do unpack the fear and, and look at it all. Um, but that's it for my social media presence at the moment. <laughs> Birth Room Basics on Facebook. Don't go look for Nicolette Hannon because you won't find her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ilana. <laughs> This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid.